0: Hey ladies and gentlemen, uh, just before we start the pod, we just want a bit of a warning, uh, we do talk about eating disorders, uh, and so if it triggers anything, uh, deal they probably maybe should skip this one. Mm-hmm. She's my I've just written it off.
1: All-
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FitBetPod, and my name uh, is Ben yeah. Lomas, and yes, sitting is. at opposite me oh, is the is. man who puts the D in vitamin D. It's still Rook Jaya Singer. <laughs> Just, I mean,
1: honestly, let's I'm not, oh, look, we don't have time for your nonsense. We don't have yet. time. We, don't have, we time. have an incredible guest, yeah. uh, a guest that I would say I've been so wanting to get on this podcast since, I think, June last year. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, seriously, June, yeah. June last June. year. Because I will explain why it was such an important uh, guest for me to try and get. Uh, she's absolutely hilarious. People have seen her on How to Stay Married, the uh, Oxfam Gala, and she's in the middle of her sellout season at the Melbourne International <laughs> Comedy <laughs> Festival. Aww. Ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Britton! Yay, guys. Well done, clap it out. Thank you. Thank you, you so much. Us. Thank you. Between your ch- kids' show, your late shows, and your... Stand-up show, you've. I'm. Um, thank you for finding time to do this.
2: Oh, it is my absolute pleasure. I mean, my voice didn't yeah. show yeah. up, but um, oh, which but is why okay. not so bad. But then but no,
1: don't feel bad. It's you had a bad. funny Uber ride.
2: Oh, Brucey, yeah, Bruce, my Uber driver. He was so angry at roads, just the way roads work, <laughs>
1: which is tricky <laughs> so when you're an Uber
0: driver. So he's turned into a cab driver.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was the grumpiest man alive. Yeah.
0: There I mean, was car, just it was a small little bright blue car
1: which bright just blue looked jazz. like happi- happiness. Yeah. yeah, it
2: looked like it, but inhabiting <laughs> the jazz was the grumpiest man in Australia. So. How many? How
1: many stars did you give him?
2: I haven't even, I haven't rated him yet. I had to just block it. Yeah. I just just, just walked away. Next time I book an Uber, I'll remember Bruce and be like, what a prick, (laughs) and give him, I don't know. Oh, see, I can't then. I feel bad because I go, I go to rate them and I'm like, maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe his wife's leaving him. Someone in his family's got cancer. I don't know. Here, five. Take five, Bruce.
1: Yeah, correct. You know what I've done? My best level is five now, but if someone's really good, I give them tips.
2: Yes, mate. Oh, that's
0: is do. that a thing? Because yeah. I don't take Uber. Like I, oh. I, I support taxis. No, no, that's not Uber. Um, <laughs> You're a cyclist. Uh, yeah, I'm a cyclist and I'm too scared that once I start using an Uber, I'll always use it. Oh, right. right. Same so, with Uber Eats as well. Yeah, so that, you, those you are the two pop things industrial. I don't yep. No Uber. So, oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't get that rating thing. So you you will then, you'll give Brucey
1: five, clearly.
2: Oh yeah, I might give Brucey four to be honest. Oh, okay, he was pretty yeah. heinous.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. I think you sometimes you need to learn as well. Does he one, give yeah. you I give you one. I gave one guy zero stars once or whatever the minimum was because he was rude to my parents. I was like, not on. I, I yeah. can deal with all your shit. The problem is they can see what you gave them.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. So, so you can know. they then message you and go,
1: "What the fuck"? Yeah, yeah. they can. Yeah, and then not message anyone... you, but they can hassle you. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, that, and then they can give you a bad rating as well.
1: Oh, that's brutal. Mm. Yeah. Hey, Ubers aside, uh, I have to say this. Uh, the reason I was so excited to bring Nikki in the pod is because Ben and I, last year in the middle of uh, this podcast, we talked about a massive relapse that I had. Yes. And I would attribute about 90% of me getting back on track to a chat I had with Nikki. It was a drive (laughs) we were having from somewhere to somewhere. We were doing a lot of gigs in Whoop Whoop Country. Yeah,
2: regional Victoria. Victoria, like
1: Shepparton and Hamilton and places that I don't even remember. Horsham? Horsham. Horsham. Yeah, fun gigs, fun gigs. And we had a drive that genuinely has affected me to such an extent that. It had. It pops up every time I start to spiral out. I always remember our chat, and oh. it always comes back to that. And <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna try right. my I am gonna try my best not to get too emotional on this spot because that's how much of an effect it had on me. So basically, what was happening was, yeah. um, I feel like. Uh, so Nikki, you've dealt with pretty much what Ben and Ben and I are going through now. You've had to deal with this shit years ago, like decades yeah. ago, almost, right? Yeah. Because uh, you you started seeing a therapist in your twenties.
2: Oh no, probably. Oh, uh, do you want the full t- catastrophe?
1: Yeah, If yeah, okay. you're comfortable. Um,
2: with it. Yeah, no, totally. My show this year actually kind of touches on a bit of this stuff. The show's called Once Bitten. Once bitten, yep. Yeah. Um, it's really funny, yes. but also <laughs> <laughs> there is some of this stuff. We not- always yeah. have to start off. Also by then- buy tickets because yeah. there are of jokes, jokes <laughs> in the show. Jokes, jokes. Um, yeah. So when I was fourteen, I kind of did the thing of a, a teenage girl and um, realised how the world worked and was like, oh, okay, how do I, how am I beautiful? How do I fit into the mm. image, the magazines, what will the I do? The TV shows, yeah. Yeah, and I just, I started sort of um, eating less and exercising more and doing that and just slowly, slowly, slowly reducing everything until um, at worst I was 29 kilos <gasps> and like nasogastric tubes and, yeah, having to be fed and all sorts of stuff like that.
1: It's fair to say, uh, just at this point, any listeners with uh, issues with yep. eating disorders, especially on the uh, under eating side, we might be discussing stuff that might uh, be triggering. So you know, heads up. Yeah. So yeah. So you start. And please get help. Yes, we'll get yeah. to that help part as well, which oh, is yeah. probably something we need to talk more about after the Nina <laughs> on my episode. Yes, Nina, we had yeah. Nina on <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, which is so amazingly like honest. But we've uh, we've, we've we've struggled to find. Like solutions almost because the solutions right. are so complicated. Because she'd right? relapsed she'd, so she'd many times. Ninoyama.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So it went from one eating disorder to the next to the yeah. next. Yeah.
1: So in that, so you're fourteen at this point and you get to twenty nine kilos. What are you yeah. what's your height?
2: as tall as i am now 6 so, uh, six. 6 oh my god what? What? um 55 <laughs>
1: 556 five, five, uh, centimet- 165 I feel like you're taller yeah.
0: than that but yeah five, okay
1: 57 29 Maybe five, seven. kilos and can can i was it f- pressure from friends or the people around you or just the, oh, to no, the, lose weight to to get to that point you think it was just the magazines oh, and stuff
0: n- that's in was, your head 29 kilos you yeah, are
2: yeah 29 kilos is um a pro- probably <sighs> a kid who is so determined and so such a Perfectionist streak, anyway, right? Um, and you know, just d- desperate for love. Yeah, as I, like, and I, I don't. You
1: associated the, the the having a trimmer figure being a link to be having respect and love from people.
2: I think. Even just looking at it, even today, not even twenty years ago.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, this was the mid '90s, so this was like
0: this is br- this is this is yeah. like Kate Baywatch. Moss, yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow. This is where it was spice. Yeah. Oh, oh,
2: this is like proper thin is in, fat yeah, is out. But,
0: yeah, right, and Every- glorified without. And the internet world. was you know spooking it a fair bit, but it was just like bang, there you are, skinny. Like skinny is be it.
2: Best. Skinny is gorgeous. This is before the booty. This is before booty was even a thing. Yeah. Beyonce
1: era comes, what, mid-2000s? Yeah, that comes way after. Serena Williams. Oh, Beyonce.
2: Oh, way, way, way,
1: way. Way, way, way. I
2: I shouldn't say, like, booty was obviously a thing in certain cultures and certain- um, Yes. But in Australia- in no. Sydney on the northern beaches. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Sure. Um, how old are you? Like, what? I'm thirty. Oh god, thirty six. I
2: turned thirty six two days ago. Yeah.
0: So you were in that era of grunge in the mid nineties, where all that kind of happened. Because I feel like i we've like in that because I'm similar of age. I'm thirty eight. Yeah. There was a lot of friends who were going through that. Because so, then you're in the middle of high school as well. Yeah. Like that, and that's that. I feel like some nowadays, like a lot of those eating disorders come really early or later on, like in yes. the teens, and you're in the heart of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And this was – and it was like heroin chic.
1: Yeah. That
2: was the look. That was sunken right. eyes. So it was – I was actually super on trend, really.
1: Right. Um, and, and and during that point <laughs> was <there> – <laughs> you, you were very cool. <laughs> uh, very, very cool. During that point, uh, at which point did you feel that there was a problem?
2: Um, I uh, – I – in retrospect – I never really felt like there was a problem.
1: Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I because that that corroborates with a lot of the other chats yeah, we've had with people. Yeah, with this at same the thing.
2: time, I did not believe that there was a problem at all. Mm. My mum, I would not see anyone. I did. There was nothing wrong with me. I wouldn't see a therapist.
1: Is it a delusion?
2: It's. Oh,
0: you, I don't know how it cannot be if it's a 29. Yeah. Years. Right.
2: I mean, like my mum put me in a car once after school, and we started driving somewhere, and I was like, "We're not going home. Where are we going?" Mm. And she said, We're we're going to a therapist. And she was going 60 kilometers up a road. And I opened the door and threw myself out of the car. (laughs) So, like, that's
1: probably not good. Uh, yeah, the story checks out. We've seen the movie Speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One it's the mid nineties, guys. It was a different era. That's what everyone did back see then. Seems like it's me the excuse. Holy shit! It was yeah. the mid nineties. <laughs> you threw yourself out of the car. Yeah,
2: and it, and people might be listening to this thinking, "Wow, she is crazy." I'm really not. I'm really no, no, no. Um, no, no, no.
1: This is a safe well, at space. The the at the time, to- at
2: the time, at the time, absolutely, the absolutely. But I, um, it wasn't the. F- it was the fear. Of getting better A- and better by it Their was the fear definition. of putting on weight. It was the fear of being right. hideous and disgusting. And I used to just have this hatred of any like these boobs and these hips. And I'm quite voluptuous naturally anyway. And I just would like I've got still got scars where I dig my fingernails in, just like tearing at wow. my own flesh
1: because you were so Hating embarrassed it so by so much. It. I-, I
2: hated it. I hated it. I just and so it, I, it was I was petrified of taking up space and that in hate, the world. That hate did wow,
1: you, oh fucking
0: hell! What wow, that what mean? a line that is. Yeah, oh my god, Jesus.
2: And, and just it, the feeling of being an imposition in the world, even taking like, up space, even stepping on the like. I used to hate the sound of my footsteps. I remember f- listening to a heavy sounding footstep and thinking it was just oh. the most disgusting. And and we, and,
1: and you don't know where that starts. Is it just? Is it is it the, is it the magazines and stuff like that? Or oh man, it's I'm, trying so, to, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure that we get. If someone is at the starting point of this thing, yeah. is there any signs that they can look out for to clip it at an early stage, or do you only realize when it becomes a problem?
2: I think um, like that
1: that sense of shame about your physicality mm. is like incredible to get mm. to that point where you're digging ne- your footsteps are annoying you because it reminds mm. you of weight. Yeah, like that, that is, that is I'm a really here. <laughs> that, that I, is, exist. I know that is so <laughs> yeah. fucking scary, yeah, right? Yeah, it's not fun. But it, I can't imagine it happens overnight. I feel no, like it's a it slow is, process. Yeah,
2: and it's and I kind of talk about this in my show as well. It's an incremental it's an incremental thing. So I just started at 14. I was like I want to be really healthy. I want to be uh I want people to find me attractive. Yeah, I always wanted to be an actress. I looked at other actresses. Right. I thought, how do I do this? What do I do? And I started eating just fruit and vegetables one day a week. And I was like, okay, cool. And then and the, the feedback the was, what was:
1: this was going to ask the feedback. Was,
2: the feedback, yeah. Other people were saying, "Wow, well, you look great! You look amazing! Keep going!" You. And I wasn't. Yep. I wasn't an enormous kid by any stretch. I've always like you know we've got Viking heritage. This, yeah. yeah. you know, I am what I am, and. Yeah. We've all our whole family are quite strong, sturdy, voluptuous people, yeah, um, but people would say, "Great, yeah, you're looking good, you're looking good." And then I would say, "Oh, well, it's we'll, valley well, maybe I'll just cut that out too, Well, maybe I'll just cut that out, maybe I'll so that became sort of just fruit and vegetables every other day of the week, which then became just apples all week, which this then- is actually
0: quite common.
2: Yeah, yeah the apple that. diet the is a thing that's glorified is, yeah. in magazines, particularly back then in the yeah. 90s. Is your
1: poster have an apple on it?
2: Yeah, this is the whole concept of right. the show, um, which I don't, I don't know. It's weird because, like, in the show it's been two very, very different experiences for people who have come along. There's a lot of men who are coming and, and really enjoying the show and interested and laughing and having a great time and then have said that they felt like this story – at the end comes out of nowhere, but the themes of the show have been about the female experience of body shame, but body shame—you know—that everyone does experience yeah. all the way through. But really funny, I can't stress that yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then- I'm,
1: not, I'm not even just saying. Sorry, let me let me put this out. I think you we get a, did a gig together. We did so many gigs together, but just. You destroy. Like I told you about the winery gig that w- that Pete Hellier told Tom Gleason, who told me about how much you crushed. Like, oh, so you. let's just take that as a given that you're an yeah, incredibly powerful. It's also part of the comedy. But that's one, of the, that's one of the beautiful things about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. As, Nick comedy as, <laughs> as Nick Cody festival. As Nick Cody said, it's not the Melbourne International Feelings Festival that you're yeah, performing at. But absolutely, it's a comedy festival, and you're able to do comedy super well. We'll take that as a given. Thanks, but Pat. In just between. Tickets, tickets. Oh, no. still yeah. available. <laughs> but the fact that you're able to then delve into stuff like this in amongst the comedy as well is what I find why people are loving your show and then there's sellout shows happening every night. So given that, what what were you saying? So the two experiences. So, around.
2: yeah, so the so um, when this kind of story comes in and, and I've kind of woven the story in the way that, the illness itself came in. So it's just incremental. It's just a little by little. And then you start to see the full kind of darkness of what was taking place. Um, that's the way the story comes through the show. And women are like, oh, my God, this is, yes, you know. It feels like every woman who grew up in that age was only ever a few choices away from possibly having the same it was, situation. It was, I reckon
0: it was one of the products of that environment at Absolutely. that time. Yeah, because yeah, it, it
2: was a real kind of it, epidemic of... A, th- a way of thinking about yourself. Seriously, your two
0: steps away from having a disorder. Mm. Like, and, and then it, it becomes an issue of the people around you. Like mm. that. That's what is amazing. That if you had that strong connect, that you avoided it. But if you didn't have that, that's why so many people in the nineties had eating disorders. It's-
2: yeah, it was hectic. Can I ask? And before? so then, Sorry. oh, I was just going to say. And some men have walked out and kind of gone. Gosh, that story came out of nowhere.
1: Right, not realizing that not, that but, it would resonate with them.
2: Yeah, they're laughing at all the gags, but they're not necessarily connecting to this kind of
1: because it's so remote slow from their, burn, their experience. Yeah. And
2: that's been really interesting. And then other men are walking out and just grabbing my hands and saying, Please write this down for my teenage daughters. Like, right, you know, Ben I really talks about
1: her. this with his daughter. He's got a four year old daughter. Right. Yeah. and And it's that fear that I guess you have about yeah. kind of trying to avoid those. Because we, we have
0: the issue now is we have two forms of daycare. Now, one daycare is, is an old school Maltese woman, but she'll say stuff like, she you look really delicious. pretty, you look really right. uh, lovely, how nice is that dress look? Oh, that looks really, and she once said slimming. Now, I shut oh, her down boy. like a mofo, right? It was just that kind of stuff. I was like, and at, at Park Street Co-op, it's a co-op. It's never on the looks. It's always how you feel. And it's yeah. something m- my partner and I have been so conscious with, but you can't control all the surroundings around yeah. you you can't control their friends because what we hear is we don't do screen time we're all about reading we're mm. all about re- you know positive reinforcement but and that's the world that you create but as soon as they leave your site mm. and be minka goes to school next year you can't have control the only thing you control is the environment and set the foundations for what yeah. they have and what I struggle is when you hear I hear your story and other stories is like you know my friend my other friend who's got, went through what you went through she had that support network from her parents she had a solid family yeah she was happy but still, yeah. still at that time or in that environment, she still went there and she said that so much of it was in her head.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what I was going to ask you in that moment in the car as your mum was taking you to therapy, um, is there in hindsight, of everything in hindsight because at the time things are more complicated and, you know, your parents are doing whatever they can to try mm. and help you through this thing. In hindsight, is there things that they could have done differently that would have, a made you be more willing to seek help or is it such a delusion to that point where you don't even um, there's almost nothing that can kind of not nothing but you know
2: yeah it's really tricky like i you know you're always you i was also at the age where your parents are the enemy anyway yes, no matter what's yes going of course on. and so of course they were where are trying you, to
1: where are you in terms of siblings by the way
2: i've got one older sister
1: Right, so because I've yeah. heard the youngest child has more um, uh, reason to rebel even if it's at their own detriment because they're just trying to separate themselves from the older child and the older right. child aligns themselves with the parent as much as they can right. because for years the older child was the only thing was that was important to the parents and yeah. this new thing comes along so it tries to get the attention of the parents by developing allergies and asthma and things like that. The so oldest? The oldest subconsciously starts having diseases just to get more attention from parents. That's incredible
2: because my sister developed asthma there a week go. after I was born.
1: There you go. <laughs> Attention sake Yeah. Whereas the younger one then just wants to be opposite to the just even for the for the sake of just having their own identity, mm. will do shit that is detrimental, even if it's detrimental to them to try. That's mm. why younger ones tend to be more performers, and older ones tend to be more leaders. Well, I
0: feel like me and my sister are the complete opposite. She's oh, the really? one with all the diseases and.
1: Mate, you're constantly injured on this podcast. Injured is different. To- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, so so, in that moment, so you're already rebelling against your parents. You don't feel like they're the enemy. You feel like they're the enemy.
2: Yeah, but also, like, I feel like everyone was the enemy. Anyone who tried to feed me, anyone who tried to tell me uh, everyone was the enemy. And, and, I-
0: and your parents are learning on the run.
2: Totally. Like like That's the the thing.
0: They're like, what do we do? We didn't see this coming. How the fuck do we deal with this? And
2: also at that time, like this was 1996, I would say, um, eating disorders, anorexia and and what became bulimia for nine years after that was so unknown and it was so confused and even mental health generally was so poorly dealt with and I remember seeing the therapist that eventually mum got me to, his name was Dr Mo- Dr. Beaumont, absolute fucking prick. Like one of the first examples of- um- Was he
0: just waiting at the Nature Street when you rolled? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he had- He's a- just in the
0: sidecar. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he had like a plate of Tim Tams and, an, and a oh, cup oh. of tea every afternoon. What? And he'd, he was- He'd go, oh, would you like a biscuit? Oh, I guess not. And I was like. This oh, is, he's doing gear. This, this is just wow. not
1: good gear, bro. This is just not good it's gear. got roast for him. Wow. So like, what the
2: fuck? Totally. He was a piece of shit. And then. What a sh. Oh. Yeah, like such a shit, and then my dad would come. My dad was really like a very busy businessman, and he would go, "So you've brought your dad here? He's come from work. How you? How can you possibly stop your father working to be here with you? Oh my Don't like Lord. guilting me into trying to change, doing all this stuff. The most, what yeah, like a horrendous, cunt. yeah, horrendous, and sh- you know." God, no one knows what to do. Sure. Who yeah. knows what to do? Some of the greatest findings in the time were coming out of Canada in this um place where people with eating disorders would go, and it was just unconditional love. It was unconditional yeah. empathy and listening and nourishment and
0: Which is so huge.
2: It's so it's and it was like so hippy-dippy and it, it, crazy to think of at that time. At that
1: time it was new agey, was it?
2: Super new age. Right. Yeah. But it was like when I look back and Think that that is it. That is absolutely it. And the thing, um, and I talk about it in my show. My for you know my body started to break down. So I was in and out of consciousness for about three months. At its worst, I couldn't get out of bed. I had that a swollen brain. Oh, your blood pressure
0: button. would have been at a ridiculously yeah. low level. Yeah,
2: yeah. <sighs> couldn't really you know think the organs were starting to kind of
1: shut down. Shut down.
2: And um, and my nana would come every day, and she would just sit next to me all day, all day. Yeah. She would just sit, we wouldn't have to talk, we wouldn't have to say anything, she would just sit next to me and she, she had an apple and because the apples were the last oh, kind of thing that I would let yeah. myself eat and she would just give me an apple and if I wanted it, great. If I didn't, I didn't. I never wanted it <laughs> uh, for three months. <laughs> just throw yeah. the apple back at her head. But she, <laughs> but she came every day and I sometimes I was a beast of a yeah. thing to her and sometimes... I would just cry, and sometimes oh no, <laughs> and sometimes. But she would just her constant presence, that unconditional love, yeah, like stability was- of unwavering love.
1: And the um, the and- thing is, we don't like unconditional love is something that gets thrown around a lot. But just to make sure I understand what it is, it is an idea that you're showing up for a loved one regardless of what they're giving you back. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Which is so hard. It's so hard. And to be honest, I, I almost don't think parents can and I don't think it's a very, very difficult thing to do for a human being. Right,
0: it is because like, you have to have that step away. You have to have a step away because it, absolutely. Because we, 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 I've just been talking to my partner. We we we're just seeing old photos of her grandmother, right? Who was not her biological grandmother, right? But meant everything to her. And you just talk about every day she'd be there every day. She was the lollipop lady, and then became her grandmother. And that unconditional love, which I thought can only be biological, is not the case. Yeah. If you genuinely love someone, and that you would be there regardless of what you would do or anything you'd say, like yeah. you'd just be there. You'd just be there every day.
2: Yeah. And and that's like that that foundation, what my nana did for me, mm. has I think very much, God, this is, sounds like such a wank. Don't forget this jokes in the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I feel like it set me up for like just falling in love with the ugliness of people as well. Like yeah. to have that amount of love reflected back at me when I
1: wasn't giving it a-
2: when i knew how ugly how much i hated myself yeah and for her to still sit there and say you don't you you do not you don't leave yeah you're not leaving this planet
0: yeah you're staying you are
2: staying and you are loved yeah. and it was just like oh my god and now i'm able i not every day god yeah, please yeah. but but i'm so able now to even in my most disgusting moments or the most disgusting moments of other humans that i see mm. still see the humanity and still see the worth and and try and find that love of um you know, Compassion, is,
1: yeah, that, that, that. that level I think of, one of the, empathy. One, one of the things, yeah, that which definitely
2: gets me into trouble far too often. Yeah, 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 because <laughs> because
0: you, you get in tune but, to it.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, get, say yes to everything and hug everyone and try Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm an angel by any stretch. No, stage. no, I'll call someone a cunt if they fucking deserve it. Like Brucey. But, like Brucey, he was but, a fucking
1: cunt. But I think one of the, the key things you stumble there is it. It doesn't have to be every day. That's the thing that people realize. I think one of the frustrations I felt was that 25 years of binge eating and then six months I hadn't changed. And I think the frustration was feeling like I hadn't learned anything, but just knowing that even if I do one day a week, that is better than doing zero days a week of, you know, being whatever it is that I'm trying to fix, whether it's drinking, boozing, um, eating or, or exercising, whatever it is, as long as I'm trying to do one day more than I used to, that's still better than nothing. Like we want mm. all or nothing. And mm. something you just stumbled on I said generally speaking, you're able to see that. but once in a while, of course, you'll have moments that are are, are negative or or self-hating or hating on other people or whatever. yeah, but that doesn't undo. All the other work you've done. Yeah, it's like the problem with New Year's resolutions that people have is they say, "Okay, I'm not going to smoke this year." So as soon as they do one cigarette, they're like, "Well, it's all fucked it's now." Failure, yeah. I might as well just r- smoke for the rest of the year. It's like right, no, just, yeah. just eat have- chewing tobacco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just have more good days than bad. I think is yeah, the idea and, and the hope. So-
2: and that and that you know that eighty twenty rule or whatever that is so crucial and 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 the forgiveness of it. You know, if you ever carry that burden of oh, I binged or I you know purged or i smoked or i drank it's uh it it just undoes so much you can't it's takes so much energy to go okay you did and i love you and,
0: and i yeah. still love
2: you and i forgive you yeah. And tomorrow we'll try and be better and that's okay. But it's the forgiveness. It's that moment of accepting yeah. that is the most difficult. But
0: it's also the, like, and you said it before, is like you have a level of empathy. I have that as well and I see it in my daughter that I was like, wow, her level of empathy for others. But what I had with my binge eating as well is that level of empathy you can have for so many other people and you want to help not people, yourself. not yourself. Yeah. And that took a long, yeah. long difficult time to be yeah. able to go, hey, you can have a bit of empathy, Yeah, you're worth it. And I reckon I remember just saying that, like I wanted to help every single other person. Maya came before me, the yeah. kids came before me, mum and dad came before me, I was always the last. And yeah. it's that same thing as like once you start allowing to have a bit of empathy for yourself, then you start realising that, oh, actually I am worth it and I can have those yes. bad days. But that's okay yeah. rather than going, no, I'm going to beat myself or in your case. And though you're developing as a, as a as an adult that you don't have that skill to be able to turn that empathy around and mm. that's why having someone like your grandmother mm. to be able to realise that you are worth it because, you know, you're on this door. Like, yeah. You, you couldn't – you can't go to a darker – place, you like, yeah. t- you take that approach to anorexia to to w- where a lot of people don't make it through.
2: Yeah, and in fact, you know, I've lost quite a few friends who I was uh, in treatment with and I watched them pass away or struggle for many years in some cases and pass away. Diet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, they just stopped yeah. beating. Like they just, which is, you know, there was like, yeah, now I still have a bit of a heart murmury thing because of all the purging. It's much better now, but right. that was a thing and low yep. blood pressure. And I've all of my teeth all have fillings in them because yep. of all the stomach acid. And right. um,
1: how, how long? Uh, so you, when? How, so you said something about nine years?
2: Yeah. So so anorexia for about two and a half years.
1: Which now I've understood is under eating, whereas bulimia yeah. is purging. Purging. Yep. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah,
2: and often binging and then purging. Right. And so that was for about nine years after that.
0: Okay. Nine and nearly a decade.
2: Uh, yeah, nearly a decade, yeah. And like.
1: So at which point was, sorry, which point was was your grandma sitting with you and stuff like that?
2: Um, She, w- that was kind of after anorexia. So that was when it was going to be.
1: What age are we at this point? 16. Right.
2: Yeah. um, That was dire yeah. or maybe 15. So that I can't. Rem- I genuinely yeah. can't remember. It was <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a year, what was a year of my life of, uh, that I never laid down a memory because of... Oh,
1: what was year the memory. year? Was it like Spice Girls Wannabe or was it more like... <laughs> right now because that would be 97 versus 98 yeah yeah goodbye my friend that was 98 yeah
2: goodbye (laughs) goodbye maybe yeah Yeah, because i can't remember that one as well but maybe it just didn't (laughs) hit the charts the way i wanted it to
1: backstreet back (laughs) (laughs) um
2: yeah yeah it was so it was about two and a half years slowly into that and then i got better and i graduated high school and then um
0: did you have to take some time off from school? did you graduate? Yeah, well, later?
2: well when I was yeah, when I was kind of had encephalitis, yeah. this acute swollen brain thing and yeah. so I had to take about uh 5 months yep. off school. Here and there, yeah. yeah. I didn't repeat or anything. Yeah. Um but I I was I was quite a uh straight A student as well, like a, Yeah. It's a real perfectionist disease. A, a real yeah, control. <laughs> yeah, it's like a real control. Yeah. And it's a real I can do this. I'm the best at this. I can Yeah. And the, the competition that comes with it and the and well, the, sounds the, like the if drive. you had a
1: bet with someone about losing weight, <laughs> you might really why, tap into <laughs> some <laughs> levels of uh competitiveness that you know might might have known you had. <laughs> yeah.
2: And this is what I saw in you that day on that yeah. drive deal when yeah. you were talking about and you just couldn't you couldn't escape the, the circular thoughts and the it's. I saw it in you and I just wanted yeah. to reach out and give Little Dill
0: I know. Because <laughs> he was inside him. He was inside him.
1: Well, yeah, that's one of the things I've literally written down on my in my notes was uh, the thing that you said to me was, uh, I don't even know how to get into this without f- um, feeling like I'm about to fucking cry, but it was... Uh, it was about recognizing that when I do have my cravings, uh, when I do feel like this unreasonable part of me wants me to overeat, because it seemed like when we were talking, we both had the similar starting points, but the way that manifested for you was to underread. but for me it was to overeat. Yeah. But it was the principles wise was similar. And you saying that you got to remember that when you have those moments, it isn't necessarily a weakness in you, but somewhere when you were younger, you may have associated food and love as as a connection. Like growing up in my family, my big family of my grandma being the big, you know, head of matriarch of the family. And now we're getting to stuff on my show <laughs> <laughs> and she would cook fried chicken and stuff like that and then remove the skin from the fried chicken and then call me and give me just the skin and she would see my face light up and she thinks it's because it's chicken but i'm obviously as a a nine-year-old i'm just connecting with the head of the family for the first time and and you know using that as my way of having a bonding with her just you saying that now as a 34 year old when those happen it isn't 34 year old deal that's operating it's the nine-year-old who just is missing a connection somewhere and yeah. just wants to feel comforted wants that love. and only knows how to get comfort through this thing. Yeah. Another description you gave was about I don't know if you even remember this, about a bunch of birds on a wire that are all <laughs> yeah. sitting really well. Do you wanna do you remember this?
2: Yeah, like about thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so I mean this is something that I can't even remember which therapist at which point in life yeah. told me this. Yeah. but
0: It was when you jumped out the other side of yeah, the car. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that guy that was sitting on the nature <laughs> strip. Um, maybe he wasn't a therapist now that I think about it. He was begging for money. Um, he <laughs> got a lot of wisdom. Um, that thing of, you know, all of, it's, it's, it's essentially it's just mindfulness. So many thoughts buzzing around in our head all the time. If you can co- sort of zoom out and you can imagine yourself watching those thoughts, approaching a rooftop just like birds alighting and flying away and um, just acknowledging that some thoughts will come and let them sit and eat their little bit of whatever, like a little bird eating off the rooftop and then just let them float away rather than, being the bird, because you know, be- is that what just you observer, yeah, yeah. just observing, Yeah, observing, and just then, observing the thoughts. And then yeah.
1: once in a while, we'll have this crazy fucking psychotic bird that just shows up and flaps yeah. it around. Oh yeah, <laughs> and we would, I would tend to get angry. So that was for me was the the version of me that wanted to binge eat and you know, was scared and stressed mm. or whatever, and just let's like, just fucking let's just have uh, two pizzas. Or in Ben's case, was like forty nuggets uh, mm-hmm. in one sitting at McDonald's. Like that behavior is to clip the spiral. One of the things you said is just by saying, reminding yourself that, hey, 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 thanks for showing up. You have helped me in the past. Yes. You've definitely, you've been a kind person. to. I've needed you in the past when I was scared as a kid. Yes. But I'm an adult now. I don't need you. Yeah. To, it's like almost like a mate who was protecting you at some point. That's exactly
2: what that is. That whole uh, th- that thought pattern, yeah. that coping mechanism, that whole strategy, it's its something that was set up really young yeah. that helped you get through a really difficult time and, it, you know, it's the same thing that fear does to us or shame does to us. It's those immediate fight-or-flight responses right. that say, oh, we know how to cope with this, do this. Yes. And because it is so inherent and it's so unconscious It's like, you know, it's on a metabolic level in our body. It is so difficult to catch those thoughts, catch those birds before they kind of um, land for too long. But if you are able to go, oh, hey, mate, and this comes back into the self-forgiveness and things, and say, hey, thank you so much. Thank you for telling me that I'm going to be safe if I eat this whole loaf of bread in one sitting. Yeah. Because it will. It will make me safe. But I actually know now I'm not in immediate danger. This is just because I... You know, the review is coming tonight, or I'm, yeah. you know, had a fight with my boyfriend. This doesn't mean I'm unlovable. This doesn't mean right. I'm unworthy. This doesn't mean I, you know, need to destroy myself or attack myself or protect yes. myself, even, yeah. but, you but- know, because it is that. All of those thoughts are coming from a good place. They're coming from a place of know. nurturing and protecting. And you just now that behaviour doesn't serve you anymore. And, and those so, are
1: the words that clipped the spiral for me. Just very those that very idea of not shaming myself for even having the craving in the first place meant that when I. I did have it. I called it dilday. Remember, like mm. I just said, just have a day and just enjoy it. Because I stopped feeling bad about it, it meant that I felt nice that I was able to eat it, and there was almost some sort of love t- to myself. Going, no, if you want it, have it. You're fine. You're yeah. not a. You're not a piece of shit just because you wanted two ice creams. And then the next day, I was back yeah. because I was able to tell myself, I love you to such an extent. That I love you too much to let you keep eating that way.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: But it's uh, but it's also have in the presence of mind. Like I think that's really wise that if you can find a technique that allows you to have all those thoughts and all that anxiety to then also know that all those thoughts are okay, and then you find yourself in a calming position again. And and sometimes it's being able to deal that to know that whatever that is, you'll still get to that place that you were before you started having all those thoughts.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I
0: think that sometimes like we, my partner and I. She came up. With, well, she came up with it when she was giving birth. It was the hurricane version. So all those thirts and all that pain all comes in, right? And you are in that hurricane, and you are trying to do that, and you feel horrible. You don't do it, but you know the eye of the storm is calm. Mm. So once you get there, you can have a rest and you can be present and those thoughts are really helpful to get there. And then you'll go back in there. But in the end, either you're outside the storm or you're in the middle, there's calm on both sides. Yeah. And just having that analogy in what form it may be mm. helps you change to know that those thoughts aren't bad. They're just part of the process. Yeah. Right.
2: Absolutely. Right. And those, yeah, they're not they're not bad. The shame. Yeah. The shame is so it just doesn't serve us. The shame yeah. you have for having those thoughts or those behaviors. Um, once you can release yourself of that shame yeah. and know that there is calm on the other side, that's huge. That's a game changer.
1: Was it a full nine years in a row for you? Or were there moments of re- relief and then you still fell back into it? Because that's always. Bulimia? With, with, well, yeah, the eating disorder, uh, whichever form it took in terms of. Because one of the things I'm fascinated about is being able to start to fix it and then lose the battle and have to go back to it. Do you know what I mean? Like that's one of the, the relapse things. Kind the relapse thing of is.
2: Yeah. Um, it was so. It was anorexia, which is they are they're different diseases in a way. In my mental, sure, in right. the in the way that I kind of, they're similar but different.
0: But It's the same as Nina. I like, always thought this I process th- of having anorexia first and then bulimia. Is, that, I, is yeah. that seems to be is that a common thing? I
1: don't.
2: Well, uh, bulimia is a lot easier to cover up as yeah. well, especially as you as you're growing up and you're trying to be like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm, you know, dealing with life. I'm a fully functioning young
1: adult. and I'm at dinner. Yeah, yeah. I'm
2: social. Sure I can still do these things, but then I have this secret shame and you know, this behavior that that's the other thing. Like, you know, you say it to people that you make yourself former and people just get so, you know, yeah, I just did that. Yeah. They feel so disgusted wow. and it's really hard to then remove yourself from that feeling of disgust and that kind of. Uh, compounds that shame you have that right. not only do you have this disease that isn't serving you, but it's not even like smoking or drinking. It's like this thing that inherently is just fucking disgusting to people right. and so you feel so disgusting and so you have that extra shame of yeah not wanting dead. to tell anyone and yeah you're this disgusting thing that, and and how could i do this to myself and this yeah. is so putrid
0: and the bit it comes it's because it's also so normalized that like you can just do it on cue when you need Easily. to do it you, silently yes yeah, silently incredibly yeah. silently yeah, oh, yeah 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 mate. Oh, oh
2: god how do you speak yeah like now? i
0: it sounds like a cat doing it like a like a like a fur because I used to work in clubs and I remember hearing it and just going what do we is there a cat in there and I once popped over yeah and it was just someone throwing up but so quiet
2: <laughs> I was yeah I mean stealth like
1: yeah right. I feel like I
2: could be I feel like I could be a spy like yeah. it was it, you you went into a, a whole other yeah you know I mean it's a proper Addiction, you know, like yeah. it's it's a very very similar headspace to scoring heroin. Or, is it? Is it or, back to, yeah. I mean, I've never yeah. scored heroin.
1: No. I should say, but you know what I mean. Like, good it, way to drop some kilos. It's
2: a very yeah yeah
1: totally. I'll
2: try it. Um, I won't. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if someone took that literally after all the things we've discussed. Oh, oh. I might try it. Yeah, okay, right. okay yeah. Right. Well, maybe do the heroin. Um, is it control again? Is it's... it a other form of control? You're taking back some control.
2: It's uh it is yeah yeah but you're allowing yourself to be out of control and then you bring the control back. Yeah.
1: Um cuz you out of control eat and then control with spew. Yes. Right, right. It's
2: an interesting thing like control is often talked about with food and eating disorders and things like that and I feel like that's not the full picture for me the for way that right. I experienced right. it. Um it does obviously have a lot to do with control but it is also about self-nourishment and self-hatred and and so it's something about it's not Always, the control you have over your own life. Mm. Sometimes I would binge because I felt trapped in. So I guess that is a way of getting a different kind of control. Yeah, that's where I
1: that's where I operate in.
2: Right. So if you feel trapped, you
1: binge. I can eat my way out of this. (laughs) It's like like I'm I'm in a gingerbread house and I'm about to destroy it by eating it. Yeah. So that's where my brain fires. Yeah. But
2: yeah, there's just there's other levels of. other stuff. There is, it definitely control is okay. a huge part.
1: Okay. So, but it was a, a nine-year solid chunk.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, anorexia for about two and a half years and then well-ish for about a year, battling those thoughts but still getting on top of anorexia and then being like, yep. oh, you know, noticing that I was getting bigger, that's a huge thing to get your head around
1: yep. because oh, tell
2: me about now that. I, you know, now I, death, when I was anorexic, death was a relief. People yeah. would say, you're going to die. You're gonna die.
0: Thank God. And I was
2: like, Oh, please! I will die thin. I will be so light. Yeah. To carry and in a coffin, I will mu- be so. I and imagine be the weight you lose
1: after you get you start decomposing as well. Ah, oh.
2: yeah, <laughs> right. Jesus. Like I was already a skeleton. Um, yeah, it was so. Do so you then, have
0: photos still of that time? I do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's um. There's not many. Mum yeah. started putting. She wouldn't take any more photos. There's yep. a, a real there was a real thing in my family and again like I forgive them entirely but you know dad still says I don't understand how you could do it you you're so intelligent how could how could you not oh, see that you were killing yourself?
1: Because I couldn't see And I was that. like, <laughs>
2: it's just mental health. It's yeah, a mental illness, yeah, dad. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah and we're, uh, that's another thing I think we need because to keep reminding ourselves in terms of parents as well is like at the, especially at the time is that just fuck. The, I, I think about the things that my parents did and I've talked about it once in a while and I'm like, oh, they're still good people. Yes. They just didn't know any better. Like I don't know what yeah. – like I barely know what the fuck I'm doing right now. I'm yeah. 24. They were 27 when they had their first child. Yeah. you know what I mean? But, but the
0: idea of seeing your daughter – trying to kill herself which is what it is and as a dad trying to watch that you just wouldn't you wouldn't know how to cope yeah you really wouldn't yeah. because you'd be sitting there going the thing I created the thing I love
1: meant to protect
0: and and you just want to protect it and you
1: can't help yeah yeah you just doing that is just
0: i i can't imagine yeah. as a dad like my daughter's 4 and i'm protective of her when she, she she ran across the road and she didn't hold my hand i lost my fucking shit the idea that i have to stare at my daughter in yeah. a bed because she like and that you, and you worry about the future but the fact that a your dad has then been able to Go through that with you, and then get to the other side. Like I can't even comprehend how strong your bond is with your parents. To, <laughs> no, but to go through that, and to and also not for not only for you to get through that and everything you went through, but then to sit there as a family and get through the end of that. That that kind of shit is just. I don't know how that just brings you closer together to the point where <laughs> well,
1: I could even like
0: separate,
1: push you It can go. More. It
0: can go the yeah. other way as well. But I just like I I I wish I could. I like just talking about it. It's like it's hard not to reflect and go. What would I do? Yeah. In that position, how would I do? Do I have enough techniques? Is there enough? Like, because in the nineties no one was fucking helping. Everyone was flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah. Now, if we're crossing that path again, do we do we have do we have the techniques and the programs in place? I thought so until we interviewed Nina where now you can actually hide the problem even more. You've got your own support network on Tumblr or whatever you do right. that you can even hide it even more that you've got a bulimia support group, all that kind of stuff which you were lucky enough to avoid yeah. to a degree. So anyway, sorry. What was yeah. the well what,
1: what was the sort of you started saying about when you started putting on, like, you know, started seeing more curves come through. Mm. How did you process that? Because your brain would have not been happy.
2: Yeah. It was a real, it was, well, that's kind of why the bulimia came in as well because I wouldn't, I was, you would let yourself accept that to a point and then you'd hate it again and then you'd, and um. it was really hard mm. because, it. I mean, essentially what what, I, what happened when I had, the um swollen brain, and I was better in it was essentially a nervous breakdown. yeah, yeah, because every um every response, every kind of construct in my head, the way every coping me- mechanism, the way that my nervous system was put together, yeah, had to be rebuilt. I had to yep. rebuild um all the pathways in my brain, all the wiring, yes. and try and lay different foundations of how thoughts would go through my head, thoughts about myself, thoughts about food, right. you know. And pleasure this something- centers of food and satisfaction. And I forgot, I genuinely like when you've got to the point where you've completely overridden basic human needs. Yeah. Like I no longer hunger. Yeah, I can't I could not feel hunger. I couldn't feel desire of any kind. I'm I s- literally had to Rediscover how it felt like, what it felt like to want.
0: Because we talk Stop. about habits, we talk about habits, changing habits, but I feel that that's like the next step. You change habits, but then your habits have been so deformed that it's actually changed the synapses in your brain. Yeah.
1: Well, this is what some, one of the listeners called us out on because we were talking about how we've done fasting and extended fasting, and I went three days without eating and how euphoric I felt because it's like, you know, like I didn't, I thought it may be something to do with my clear brain or whatever. Yeah. I ran 11Ks after two days of not eating and I felt like, how, oh, look how much more more I'm capable of than what I told myself 15 months ago where I'm a fat shit who doesn't run and needs to eat all the time. I'm like, no, I'm not. And she said, be careful of that thought process because that is exactly the type of thing that can lead to yeah. where you're saying I'm overcoming hunger, something that I thought I had power- less, I was powerless to. Yeah. And then you get addicted to that feeling yeah. itself. So that, that type of fasting can... Have more psychological damage. Ignoring the salt issue, where you might have a heart attack and fucking die, which yeah. is why you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. do it. But the psychological damage that something like that can have.
2: Yeah, and also, you know, like we're we're <laughs> we're an incredible. Uh, the thing that probably brought me around to accepting nourishing myself again was. I was really interested in the science of the body. So biologically all of them, I can still name all the bones, all the muscles, there's over 300 different hormones firing at any given point, how many synapses there are in our brain. Like we are such a phenomenally incredible machine. And to not nourish that, to not give it its best chance to reach its potential, that is something that I was like, oh, okay, this is, I'm more than what this looks like. I'm more than what this thing looks like. Like at any given moment. There is a million different chemical exchanges happening across a million different m- molecular platforms in my body. Yeah, and that Memories. is that is to be
0: respected. Like oh, that is I something I love that. I be, love that. Right. That is Fill like the machine. Like, yeah, it's, it's your one. It's, your one, it's machine. your one machine. Make the most of it. You and know? You,
2: you know that it's it's that. just as important to not abuse that machine with bad habits, but it is also just as important to nourish it, it and not yeah. not put it into a state of starvation for two days. Yep. every now and then it can totally feel euphoric. and that is a that is something that I was definitely addicted to, the euphoria of total um emptiness. yeah, yeah. total emptiness is yeah. like there's a euphoric kind of feeling to that. Um, but yeah, like then it's a very slippery slope to right. the machine breaking down and yep. and yeah, like really like I ended up and um, I went. And I ended up getting into medical school and I did anatomy and physiology of medicine and a whole lot of stuff and it just started me on this path of just fucking adoring the, the body. human body and just how incredible, how incredible it is and exquisite. how different it is. And-, and then there's stuff that we don't even understand yet, like yeah. – So there's so much mental health stuff at the time particularly we didn't understand but even now like feelings and vibrations and I'm not super hoopy-dippy but like there's this this study that's come out of positive thinking and how it can actually if I have – incredible positive thoughts about Ben right now and I send them to him, it He'll actually it. affects a vibration within, like it'll start, your heart will actually send out a different vibration. Oh, like, I
0: love this. Yeah. I love it.
2: Like the human heart can charge a car. There's enough electricity in one beat that we can charge a fucking car yeah.
0: right. from right. our
2: heart and we're like spending hundreds of dollars styling the dead cells that grow out of our scalp. <laughs> you know, like we've, it's <laughs> fucking <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> I, I still do it. I still get my sure. hair cut and colour but it's... There is, uh, you know, you just look at the whole construct of the way that we value humans and the way that we value human bodies and it's just absolutely fucking mental. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's the whole thing is set up to be mental. And so when you can stand back and look at that construct and realise that you were brought up in that construct of society and then you had this extra added thing of needing your safety and your coping mechanisms and the way that your head, if you can like, zoom out from all of that far enough to go oh my god it's all so silly yeah. it's all yeah. insane then that puts you in a position of being able to forgive and almost also, everything and uh-huh. find that compassion again and also
0: and then and then the level of appreciation you have it for now because you have been to that darkest place mm. where you have you have not looked after that. You, you've taken it to the starvation. But then to be able to then go all the way back and then appreciate it for what it is and how amazing your body is—the yeah. level of work and the level of empathy that you have to then reflect on yourself—is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Like I sometimes feel lucky that you know we've had binge eating issues and that we you know we created this podcast. But the amount I've learned doing this podcast, but also how much appreciation I have for my body, what it's capable of doing, what I look forward to doing in the future, and making the most of what it is now without abusing it. Mm. Like I sometimes think, am, am I appreciating it as much as I did? Do I need to, you know, go to that nth degree, to that dark place? My dark place, we were talking about it before. Everyone's dark place is, is different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then if you can find that process or whatever is that support group to eventually go, ah. Oh, how amazing is that machine? Yeah. How can I finally tune it? How can I love it that little bit more? Mm. And it just and it takes time mm. and you will have relapses. But it's just me, it's so beautiful to hear you because you have gone through it <laughs> and to be able to sit there and just and, and go there and, and celebrate it. Because you are genuinely celebrating it, how much you appreciate your body now. It's, it's yeah. a pure f-
1: place of gratitude that it sounds like you're coming from. Yeah. Cause because this is this is my Issue at the moment So even in the show I say Losing the weight was easy Keeping it off Has been the tough part yeah. And I say I don't know how long I can actually do it Because It is a constant struggle And it's a literal yeah. Daily thing I'll finish my show At 11 o'clock And I have to walk through The city Walking past 24 hour macas Hungry Jacks All my Asian restaurants Are like eating at And I have to fight that Constantly I was, I was And when
0: you walk past the get Can I do Yeah 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 But the <laughs> Asians Are like me how right. And um
1: <laughs> But it is, um, but what I when I hear you speak, it's it's not a. It's so refreshing to know that there is a point in time, hopefully, that I I, it's not going to have that level of powering over me. Yeah, and I'm hoping that it's it only just it just takes time. Is it? Uh, yeah, I think I mean, it takes time I And mean, work. just the twenty minutes. You know, you yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm and so think, grateful
2: I went through it when I did.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why, Why is that? Oh, because
2: I've had the chance to fucking deal with it. Yeah. You know, well like I had the I had the space and the freedom of years when I didn't, you know, have a job or a family or anyone to, not that I have a family now, but um yeah, there was just a bit of space and I and now I've been able to live a life of hopefully, I think, more empathy and compassion. The way that I've conducted myself because I learnt those lessons young.
1: Not just physically, but just emotionally. Are you, do you just look at that version of herself as a completely different person, or is there still? Oh, element I look at like,
2: her with. Do you mean sick when yeah, I'm sick? Yeah. I, How do you look at her? She's she's like she's like a little um, she's like a little uh, sweet thing that I that like is like a little tear that hangs in my soul. Yeah. You know, she's like she's always with me and in a weird way um I nourish her? Yeah.
1: yeah. You know yeah. like
2: if I can if I can look after her as well, like I don't look at her as a different thing. It's she's totally part of me. It's she's a right. really um you know, she's a part of me that I still have learned so much from. I learn lessons from every day. Yeah. I filter my experience sometimes through her eyes to give myself more understanding of the world. Right. Um, no, I don't. I, I think I, you know, on my very, very, very worst days, those thoughts and those strategies and coping mechanisms, they're, they're very, that's, they're a room that I sit in. Yeah. And I can look around at the walls and know this is very familiar. I, I know this place inside out, and, but I know where the door know, is. And you know how to get out. I know how to get out of here. It's like one
1: of those break but, rooms or whatever. They're, yeah. They're, yeah.
2: It, weirdly, <laughs> this is weird, like I reckon, I reckon I've reckon i relapsed only for a day at a time. It, in So like I've really been well for um, 12 years now.
0: Yeah.
2: And I reckon I've relapsed. Maybe 20 times in that right. time, just for a day at a time. Just
1: for a day, yeah. And
0: when you say relapse, what does that look like?
2: So I will like look at something and be like, well, I, and that's mostly bulimia. Yeah.
0: Right.
2: Um, but I would kind of mindlessly just kind of seek something yeah. so much, whether it's love or control or whatever it is, and then go, I can't, I can't have this in me and purge. Yeah. Maybe 20 times.
1: Right. So, and if you look at I think mathematically, that's well over like 40,000 days or something like that. And if yeah. you had 20 so times, it's not, that's it's not cra- a lot. It's not so a lot. tiny. But I had, I I th- had one,
2: of- I reckon nine, four months, six months ago. Right. I don't know. And I, this is weird and not great. Mm. <laughs> and I don't glorify it in any way. But I went in making a very conscious choice. It was like for three for three days I was walking around and I just wanted things and I wanted it and I didn't want and I didn't want the food. I wanted the process. I just wanted the process. I imagine it's what people who have not smoked for 20 years and then their kids mm-hmm. get married and they have a cigar or something and they're just like, oh. And it was this moment of total love. <laughs> this is so messed up and this is next level. Like this is yeah, someone yeah, yeah. who's sure. 20 years out of it. Sure. And is. But it was like. It was like a walk down memory lane. Oh, right. It's so messed up. No, But no, it was no, like no. watching your favourite childhood movie. Right. It was like watching, it was this physical sensation of like, oh, my gosh. Remember I those days. I never want to, I'm never, this is never going to hold me again. But in this moment it was like reading an old book, seeing an old friend, walking down your it's street. But that, would ref-
1: that surely made you more confident going forward because it's it, almost like you're going you i can... in a
2: really weird way yeah. i went wow
1: that's yeah. incredible it's bizarre it's really bizarre nostalgia mm. <laughs> it was a really <laughs> <Yeah>. fucked up <laughs> nostalgia <laughs> yeah. totally but, just fucking listen to spice
2: girls next <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah i know right but it was but it was this it was like it was almost like i had to connect with that right girl again
1: yeah and this it was a way I, of ch- 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 I, yeah
2: i didn't obviously miss all of the pain and the torment and all of that yeah. stuff but i missed her what was it like to feel 14 again what was it like to feel 20 What it again?
1: made
0: you and that's crazy it made you feel young
2: yeah it was so weird <laughs> and i don't advocate that course, do, no one no, can do no. that no one try but you know we, get a facial in it we have we need to, to start wrapping up but we oh, stumbled sorry.
1: on this at the start i want to make sure we get this out of the way something you said is if you are going to seek help what does that look like when you say seek help is it for you, in your experiences, yeah, what was the things that helped you?
2: Um, I saw reluctantly at the beginning. I saw a lot of therapists, and then, um, man, I saw like healers, and I saw all sorts of people. Um, I think it's like reading. It's it's such a personal. Journey, oh, that's that, like that's such said, a
1: wank. That's why I said your. What did? You, what do you think helped you? So, because seeking help is each person to their own. Yeah. Whatever your issue if, is,
2: you know, if you see a therapist who's good at this stuff, uh, and it works for you, keep seeing that therapist. If yes. they don't work for you, find another therapist. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of people reach out for help and they get stuck because it didn't work the first time or the second uh, time. That's really and good because you know, if you're in a place of self-hatred and you don't feel worthy enough right. to even let yourself keep the meal you just ate in your belly yeah. you're not going to feel worthy enough to tell a mental health professional that that's not working out and you're going to try someone else you know yeah, what i mean yeah. so it's a it's that that process of empowering yourself to feel like no no i need to find the right person and i need and that took me years to kind mm-hmm. of go oh i'm worthy enough that i know that this is helping or that's helping. I mean, sometimes they're going to tell you hard truths and that feels like it's not helping. Yeah. But, you know, you can slowly see. Um, I did lots of reading, lots of sort of Brenny Brown is incredible. I don't, What's you know, I feel like she's a buzzword now. Uh, um no, Brenny I've Brown seen. talks a lot about shame and vulnerability. Yeah, And mm-hmm. shame, I think shame and guilt is. Benny Brown. Brenny. 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 B-R-E-N-E. Um, she's a, yeah, she's a shame researcher and I feel like, particularly with eating, eating disorders, binge eating, uh, body image stuff, it, there's such a such a lot of shame in it. Yeah. And um, once you can, like we talked about, uh, grab that shame and recognise it and kind of turn it around and love yourself despite it and love the shame itself, that's huge. So Brenny Brown is an excellent one for that. Um, the Butterfly Foundation yep. is an incredible support uh, for people with eating disorders. Um, Jam- uh, Jamil Jamila.
1: Jamila,
2: it, yeah, Jamila, Jim, sorry, Jamila Jamil, um, sh- and uh, she has a incredible bo- body positivity Instagram account. Also, Iway is an I underscore W E I G H E I G H yeah. is a great posi- body positivity Instagram account, and also Taryn Brumfit, who wrote a uh, a book called Embrace and made a documentary yeah, called Embrace. I saw Embrace. the doco, I saw yeah. the
1: doco about it.
2: And, like, there's such a huge body positivity movement now. I really hope that we're getting out of a place of, you know, our worth being determined by how we fit into some image. Because in
0: 1996 that didn't exist.
2: No, mate. And, that, and that's,
0: and that's, and, and even though we are then drowned by the other way where Instagram's taking it to the other way where it's over the top, this is what you should look like. It's just also directing people who have that problem, who have yeah. those issues, that there are support groups, there are help groups, and they're the ones that you, you should follow or check it out.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Like, like we said, oh, you just said something and it reminded me of something that was going to, Wrap it up and now now I'd probably just edit this bit out because this doesn't wow. help <laughs> anyone. Um it was just it was just uh that thing that oh man. Yeah, no. Bo- oh god. It was like I I feel like um no, nah, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Please edit this bit. Please edit no.
1: it. Nah, it's so good. No. It is um, perfect. It's, yeah. To... You know, like it's yeah. so – it's just it's, like guys. So well. It sounds no, like such a when, wank, but it is – But it's no, the it truth. Is, That's yeah. the thing. It is it's, it's this idea of self – I think self-love got hijacked by some annoying people but because we then yeah. we missed the message of self-love, which is not about talking yourself up and thinking you're top shit. No. Yeah. It's just knowing you're not as – you can't keep talking to yourself the way you do because if a friend of yours was being talked to like that by someone else, you would not stand for that. Yeah, absolutely. You would step in and defend your friend. Why wouldn't you do that to yourself when you're doing it, when you say those things to yourself? Switch empathy around. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And when you think of the age you were when you developed those thoughts or those coping strategies, if you were three or you were four or you were six and you, like, you picture you at that age, yeah, trying to deal with this big world with parents who are just trying to deal with this big world. And then you talked to that six year old the way you talk to yourself with the shame and the hatred and the why can't you? And yeah. like, you see, how could you do that to that little little yeah. person inside you? Mm. I mean, it sounds like such a wag, but, but it's, but it's so, so important you say know, that. Though, because I don't know. because
1: that's, those are the exact, I think that's exactly what you said to me in that car that day which finally made me stop hating myself for wanting to keep eating as much as I did. It was, 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 it's not that I'm not, it's not that I don't want to change it. I still want to not eat as much as I do, but I'm not getting angry with myself for wanting. Like it's a big difference between the two. It's like, I still acknowledge that I don't want to get to the point where I'm eating five pizzas, uh, you know, in one sitting or whatever, but it doesn't mean I'm a piece of shit because I, want that yeah Do you know what I mean it's totally. okay it's okay that I have this wiring that was set up at a young age that it keeps coming yeah. back up and it's okay that it's probably going to be around for maybe forever that's it and and I just need to be okay with that because by being okay with that I stopped giving into it yeah you
2: know? absolutely and I
1: and I, I can't thank you enough not only just for coming on the podcast while you're so busy but also yeah genuinely like it it was a very it's rare to have a life changing car conversation like that I mean, I, I don't know if you remember, I pulled out my notebook and started writing <laughs> a whole bunch of things that day. And I think a lot of it has filtered through into my show as well. Like, um, you know, uh, I've been giving you a shout out uh, at the end of every show, not by saying this is what Nikki Britton said. But <laughs> I, at, at a minimum, I'm like, go see her show because that's the minimum least I can do is oh, you because of man. how much it informed not just the show, but just informed my sense of confidence that I have going forward, knowing that I think I can, I think I can hold off for longer than I could have and I couldn't have done it without that chat so thank, Beautiful. You. thank
2: you well, well thank, anyway so uh, let's
1: tell jokes, us about jokes, your jokes, big, jokes. Tell, us, tell us about a bit about calm that you have <laughs> no, 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 no. we we we
0: have to go out there someone wanting to use this <laughs> I know, studio I know, okay. I'm being silly but hey
1: uh, this might not come out uh, after po- uh, when are you, you do
2: yeah I'm doing Sydney um May 9 10 11 and 12.
1: great I'll yeah. see you up there so. yeah oh, that's really my there. it's oh, called great. once bitten uh tickets from comedy.com.au. otherwise on the social medias what are you um uh, the Nikki
2: at the Nikki Britain on insta uh Nikki Britain comedian on Facebook and uh Nikki underscore Britain I think yeah. on Twitter <laughs> I don't know anymore.
1: Uh, Ben and I have shows as well we talked about it before we can we don't have to do that uh but uh, but because, uh thank uh, you so much uh for that that was very Incredible, and uh, again, yeah, you're right. Let's reinforce you're an incredibly funny stand up. Enough, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's enough evidence or uh, in terms of the Oxfam gala or, or your up late uh, videos. Please trust us, <laughs> yeah. hilarious. And, and do it. So, total- I do appreciate you taking time to just. You know, tell us the real stuff as well. And We're what
0: time here. is your show in Sydney on those
2: um, dates? I believe it's 7, seven o'clock.
0: 7 o'clock. Okay, <laughs> amazing. So go see Nikki, then go see me. Love Handles. Uh, do a double whammy up there at Sydney because I'm there at the same date. So, amazing. So I'd love to catch up and uh, and have a coffee or two. Let's but do that. Thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you, Nick Britton. My pleasure. See you, uh, see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.